0: Cars toppled buildings entire, and tires just crushed and
1: crumbled. I'm not sure if it's safe to report from my vantage point. I I really need to leave. So the fences inform me that the surrounding areas are, are in ruin. I I see some people running now. And the opinion of this reporter, if this
0: nation or in fact the world ever needed heroes, that time is now. That time is now. <laughs> exciting episode of the Fire and Water podcast, the official podcast of aquaman shrine.net and firestormfan.com. I'm one of your hosts, the Irritable Mobile Shag from Firestorm Fan. Along with me as always is my co-host, the Amphibious Rob Kelly from Aquaman Shrine. How you doing, buddy?
1: Hi. Who are you again?
0: Uh, my name is Shag. I'll be your co-host for this evening. <laughs> Not that you would know that considering, you know, you were with somebody else last week.
1: I did cuz I was watching you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Learned from watching you, Dad. Yep. So, yes, we both cheated on each other. Uh, I was with Diablo Frank for a Blue Devil episode, which was so much fun. And then you um, just stabbed me right in the back with Max Romero and did an episode on Plastic Man, which I begrudgedly have to admit I enjoyed listening to quite a bit.
1: So why do you have to begrudge? I, I've been enjoying your Ultraverse podcast, even though it's practically in a foreign language. Why do you have to begrudge? <laughs>
0: I am not the world's biggest Plastic Man fan. Okay. Um, you know, it's it's. I, I feel like there's this these two camps which don't exist, but <laughs> like these two camps of like we're the elongated Man fans, we're the Plastic Man fans, We will never meet in the middle. <laughs> That's the
1: saddest uh, thing of ever.
0: I know, right. And I'm an elongated Man fan, so I felt like you know for years, uh, like especially during the Grant Morrison years when Elongated Man was out. And Plastic Man was in, I was like bothered by it. I feel like Plastic Man is should be off doing more like the Kyle Baker books than, you know, get your get your funny man out of my Justice League kind of thing. And yet I, I still enjoyed the episode quite a bit. And there's aspects of Plastic Man that I certainly do enjoy. But uh so I I, I was begrudgingly enjoying well, it. Well, the thing that brings us all together is our hatred of elastic land. That's pretty true. And off, you guys you guys didn't even talk about offspring, by the way. I, I think that's his name. Yeah, the future plas Another child of Plastic Man, yeah, no, by the way. No. Another one from the kingdom, or Kingdom Come.
1: Oh, God, yeah. Somebody, well, someone else pointed out, I forget who now, I'm blanking, I apologize for saying that Plastic Man actually was featured fairly prominently in Dark Knight Strikes Again, which we forgot to mention. But even if, oh, I, even if I had remembered, I was not going to read that again
0: just for a podcast. Right. <laughs> you better hope that's re- re- explained on Wikipedia because I'm not investing that much time in my it's life. There's only so any.
1: much sacrifice I'm willing to make for
0: this show. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, folks, uh, we are here to this week to back together again um, to talk about uh, essentially live action or not I even mean live action, but film Other and media. Other Thank media. you. Other media adaptations of some Aquaman and Firestorm stuff. We're going to talk about Throne of Atlantis, which Whoa. is now out on DVD, digital download. I think you can get it on Betamax if you look hard <laughs> enough. Uh, maybe the even on vinyl. Box. <laughs> it's on vinyl. Uh, and then also going to talk about some more Firestorm news from Flash. That news just it just keeps coming. It doesn't stop every week. I think like, well, there won't be any firestorm stuff this week. Oh, here's a bunch, <laughs> so, and um, but you know what before we do that, let's talk about another other media thing. Have you seen the fantastic don't we, well what don't
1: we don't we want to pay some bills first? We could do that yeah <laughs> that's that's what I meant It happens but every 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 time we do a show.
0: I was gonna, yeah, you were about to say every week. It doesn't happen every week because we don't talk to each other very often. No. If we're not talking through our lawyers, we're cheating on each other That's with other right. hosts. So, All right, folks. This episode and every episode of the Fire and Water podcast is sponsored in part by InStockTrades.com. InStockTrades is your best online source for trades, hardcovers, and other collected editions, all for up to 42% off or 50% in some cases, with free shipping for orders of $50 or more. What you got, Rob? I'm not trying to be
1: clever this week as – normal. I'm picking Justice League Volume 3, Throne of Atlantis. You've heard of it. You all know what it is. It's by Jeff Johns, Ivan Reese, Joe Prado, Rod Reese, all the other Reese's. 192 pages. (laughs) (laughs) I believe Shemp Reese did the lettering. It's from Justice League numbers 13 through 17 and Aquaman 15 through 16, which was obviously where this whole crazy thing got started. It's a great storyline and the rare Aquaman-centric Justice League storyline. 192 pages. Normal price 6999 In stock trades. In stock trades price is nine dollars and eighty five cents. Forty two percent off. Super fun stuff and a great storyline for the uh, maybe new Aquaman fan that you might know. So pick it up.
0: You know, I, I didn't trust you. I figured you would try something clever. So I jotted down the, the the throne of Atlanta stuff myself. And what I was surprised about is you can get four different versions <laughs> on In Stock Trades. You just quoted what the Justice League soft cover. Is that yes, you just quoted? the soft okay. cover
1: volume three soft cover.
0: You can also pick out the hardcover on in trades, which normally goes for $24.99. You can get it for 42% off, which is $14.49, so if you're a hardcover lover. Uh, or, so that was the Justice League Throne of Atlantis collection. There is also the Aquaman Throne of Atlantis collection, which reprints many of the same issues with a few other ones, which is very interesting that they, they both reprint a couple of Justice League issues, they both reprint a couple of Aquaman issues, so you probably don't want to buy both trades, no. but you could get either one. Prices are fairly similar. Um, extra prices are identical, so I'm not going to go over them again. But so, if you had to recommend to somebody, would you recommend they get the Justice League version or the Aquaman version?
1: Um, I think the well, I guess it would depend on why you're necessarily buying it. I mean, the Aquaman version has uh, the Aquaman number zero in it, I think, and the, yep. one other book. And the Justice League is does not have that. I, you know, I, I I'm going to lean towards the Justice League one,
0: to be honest. Okay. All right, fair enough. Let's so check that out. That might be to say. Uh, I am going to hit on one, sort of echoing back to the Blue Devil episode I did a little bit. Uh, I'm going to recommend Showcase Presents Blue Beetle, trade paperback. This is a black and white collection, 584 pages, uh, collecting the 1980s, the entire 1980s series of Blue Beetle. Written by Len Wein, art by Paris Collins of Blue Devil. In fact, when he left Blue Devil, this is the book he went to draw so you get all 24 issues uh you see blue beetle dealing with dr alchemy Kronos. he deals with uh uh, dan garrett his predecessor uh it's it's ted cord chocolatey goodness you know now am i going to tell you every issue was a winner no every issue was not a winner but many of them are it's a lot of fun it's it's intended to be fun comics and listen to the price guys Normally goes for 19.99. 99 It's on sale for 50% off right now. You get it for $9.99. $9.99, 10 bucks. 10 bucks, you get 584 pages drawn by Paris Collins. Hell to the yeah, I think is, is the right expression. So check it out. Again, Throne of Atlantis and uh, in, in multiple forms. And Showcase Presents, Blue Beetle, all out there on in stock trades. And uh, again, thank you for their sponsorship. It is your best online source for trades hardcovers, and other collected editions, all for up to 42 45 50%. Pick your number with free shipping for orders of $50 or more. Okay. Now, as Rob says, we have paid the bills. Mm-hmm. Not that there's a lot of bills to pay and not that it pays much of the bills, but that's okay. We, I wanted to talk about for a few minutes, since we're talking about other media, I want to talk about the new Fantastic Four trailer. First, have you seen the trailer? Yes, of course. Okay, so it's a teaser trailer. It's a very long teaser trailer, and it's it's not what I would call a teaser because there's a lot of stuff in it. But um, before – well, I guess we'll talk about all in one big wib- wibbly-wobbly mess there. What did you think?
1: Okay, I mean I went into it with absolutely no expectations because I have heard all the news coming out about this movie sounds horrible. Yes. Um, From the uniforms to – the the my my friend and coworker Dan and I have been joking about that you know the Doctor Doom is apparently a blogger in it, in yeah, the new so. movie so it's like you know Doom gives this restaurant bad review on Yelp you know I mean it's just like <laughs> uh, so it it just sounds horrible um, that said I thought the trailer looked pretty good I mean people were criticizing it saying it looks too much like Interstellar and it doesn't look like it's a whole lot of fun. But, I mean, again, it's sort of a teaser trailer. I, I I just went into it expecting absolutely nothing and was pleasantly surprised. I thought it had kind of an epic scope to it, which the other two Fantastic Four movies do not. They, those right. those earlier two just look at it, such cheap-jack versions. Um, in fact, this trailer... Makes the other FF films look like the Roger Corman FF films. Um, you ever seen that? Yes. Yeah. The yeah. Theme, me too. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you know, I was I was pleasantly surprised. I, it's it, it, it's all gonna depend. You know, it's hard to go by just what you've seen because it's so it's so little. The, I guess the biggest problem I have with it is Marvel has done such a good job at creating this at building their 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 movie universe. I mean, they've done a better job than anybody could have ever expected. Right. That seeing a Marvel movie now that you know can't be connected to the other movies, it just feels like you're missing something. At least to me, you know, yeah. it's like as good as this FF is, they'll they're not going to get to meet the uh, you know the Avengers because they can't. So it's always it always just feels kind of like oh come on can't Marvel get everybody back under one roof
0: you know it just feels a little
1: but. Still,
0: I'm definitely going to go see it. I, you know, I, like you, I'd heard all the terrible things. And it's in, I'm on a few message boards, and me and some of my friends, we often joke about this movie, just how bad it, it, from everything you say, just like you and your buddy there. You know, it just sounds like a complete and utter train wreck. So I went into the trailer expecting to utterly hate it, thinking, okay, here are going to be a bunch of characters that are completely unrecognizable as the Fantastic Four, trying to act like the Fantastic Four. I don't want to see that. So when I watched the trailer, and there was a bunch of characters who were unrecognizable as Fantastic Four, they were not acting like the Fantastic Four. As you said, it was a completely different movie. It's dark, it's gloomy. But it it almost seems like I would rather see something that's a complete departure from the source material than something that's like half-assly close to the source material, if that makes any sense. It just... Because the, the previous ones, I did not I did not enjoy those Fantastic Four movies. The first one's a little better than the second one. The second one's absolutely terrible. I mean, this movie has such a low bar to beat compared to the previous Fantastic Four movie, Rise of the Silver Surfer. But I, because I was expecting it to be so bad, and because I was expecting it to look like them pretending they were the Fantastic Four, uh, and, and seeing that it wasn't, it looks like a pretty cool, spooky sci-fi movie. So I hope it turns out to be that way. The actors... Seem to be, you know, they they weren't mugging at the camera. They weren't being ridiculous. They look like, you know, kind of likable people. The, you know, the Human Torch guy, he was working on a car. He's got a, you know, suit there to help him control his flame powers. Okay, I guess I can get on board with that. You know, I'm kind of interested now. Yeah. yeah. Now, the the message boards I've been on, everybody disagrees with me. And I'm sure everybody listening to this is disagreeing with us right now, probably. And that's okay. Everybody's entitled to their own opinions. Y'all just happen to be wrong, but either way, um, so there you go. I think I'm I'm kind of, in- I don't know that I'll walk away loving it, but I'm interested to see it. Now, addressing your point about getting the universe back under one house, I've read several articles recently about either it's either a bunch of fan speculation or the murmurs that are really going on that Sony and Marvel are talking right, about right, yeah, trying Spider-Man, to get Spider-Man right. into the Avengers franchise. Right. Which would be such a win. And part of it is, like, I, I kind of walked away hearing that Amazing Spider-Man 2 was a bit of a flop. Or at least wasn't what they expected it to be. Turns out that internationally, I mean, you always hear internationally the movie was big. But apparently this one was really, really, really big.
1: Yeah, so, I think it made around $800 million total. It, That's...
0: it did some crazy amount of money. And apparently it, it demonstrated that Spider-Man is still the single most individual recognizable superhero on the planet. It's surpassing Superman and Batman now. Which blew me away, at least in one of the articles Hmm. I read. So, and Sony's you know desperate you know for money in certain ways, and so they could see them working with Marvel. Yeah, Fox, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think Fox because Fox has Fantastic Four and X Men. I don't think they're going to be able to work make those worlds work. But I'm sure Marvel would love to get Wolverine in the in the Avengers movie as well.
1: Yeah, I mean clearly whatever contracts they've got uh, must be a little more ironclad on the Fox end because Marvel is purposely sabotaging the Fantastic Four in the comics just to draw attention away from this movie
0: so that does seem to be the case i mean most of the merchandise is pulled from the shelves you know the series is canceled then again it sounds like everything's canceled though uh, right but
1: i mean marvel has the rights marvel has the right to to say yeah you're to merchandise and they have said nay to any fantastic four toys that's true for this movie yeah. i mean that's yeah.
0: oof, they're, they're yeah. playing hardball <laughs> yeah, they're they're pretty pissed apparently. So yeah. I, mean, I guess Marvel tried to get maybe they tried to get the license back. I don't know.
1: Yeah, well, I think that's I think it was a similar deal that they had to make a film by a certain point, or they were going to sure. lose the rights. I mean, they can't be that mad. They did no, you know, they did sign them over. Well, I don't that I don't think it was like a Godfather deal where they pointed a gun at somebody's head and said you got to sign over these rights. They did it under
0: their own volition. Well, but um, that was back before Marvel Studios existed.
1: Well, right, but.
0: They did do it. It's not I mean it's not like somebody stole the characters from them. But now the Marvel Studios guys probably want it back and they probably after the second Fantastic Four tank, they probably thought they were on their way to it. Yeah. And then, you know, obviously Fox said, No, we're gonna give it another go. Yeah,
1: well I mean, everybody wants to be in the superhero business now. So you know, Sony and Fox, they don't have these licenses the way Disney and Warner Brothers do, and so good luck getting anybody to give give one of these things up. Yeah. So
0: Yeah. So Maybe maybe some small production company will do a speedball film or something, and you know we'll all be, we'll all go home happy. We can all hope. Yep. <laughs> so uh, the guy who talks to fish, um, well, he talked to some fish in animation recently. And uh, you were just just desperate to
1: work that in every single week.
0: I I try to belittle anything that you love as frequently as possible. Yeah, that that is true. So,
1: So anyway, yes, uh, Just League Throne of Atlantis came out digitally uh, over a week ago, and then it's been on, as of recording this, it's been out just about a day on DVD. Uh, The Aquaman is played by Matt Lanter, uh, who I'm not terribly familiar with, and Mira is voiced by someone named Sumalee Montano. And then we've got Jerry O'Connell as Superman, Jason O'Mara as Batman, Sam Witwer as Ocean Master Orm, uh, Christopher Gorham is The Flash, Steve, B- uh, well, I don't want to say who Steve Blum plays, because that's a surprise until the end of the credits. Uh, <laughs> yes. And then uh, Shamar Moore is Cyborg, and a friend of the show, Serena Irwin, who played Mirror on Brave and the Bold, is back as Queen Atlant- Atlanta.
0: Oh, ah, nice. that's I mean, nice. Yes, yes, Absolutely. Um. Okay. Didn't didn't say anything about Green Lantern.
1: Oh yeah. What's his name? Nathan Fillion. Right. Green Lantern. Yes. Quippy Green Lantern. Um. Okay. We. I talked about this on the shrine last week, and I gave it. I gave the movie. I don't want to get too much into the details of the plot because I'm going to assume that most people that have bought it or maybe are going to buy it have not seen it yet. It is vastly different from the comic book from which it is inspired. In fact, it is completely different. Other than using the name
0: I wouldn't say it's completely different. I love it say, when
1: you make I, that noise. I love I'd it when say, you make that high pitched, really annoying voice. School teacher noise? Is that a school teacher? Is that what school teacher You know, I think I think as? it's
0: the I think it's the church lady. Oof. Oh
1: yeah please, just that keep, special? yeah, please just
0: keep doing it. It's not completely different. It is largely or as you said, vastly different. But I not know. completely different.
1: Right. Okay. I mean the overarching the overarching idea of Ocean Master using these Atlantean battle plans to attack the the, the surface world. That's there, uh, but almost all the other details are gone. And in fact, this—I mean, this story is essentially an Aquaman origin story. Um, it is continuing, I assume, continuity from Justice League War, the previous animated film. I have not seen that. Oh um, shoot, neither have I. What right. <laughs> kind of a thing you had. <laughs> no, I've never. I have not seen it. I'm assuming that because Aquaman was not in that movie, I'm assuming that that and that that, that movie was an adaptation of the first six issues of the New Fifty Two series. I'm going to assume this is all just you know next in line to the continuity, because as of this movie, Shazam slash Captain Marvel is already is a member of the team.
0: Right. So and Superman and Wonder Woman are already Superman dating. And Wonder
1: Woman are already dating. Right. So yeah.
0: So I gotta assume it's a continuation of right. War as well. Right. Like that's their ongoing.
1: Right, so these, these movies have their own continuity. Um, like I said, I'm not going to get too much into the details of it. This is this is simultaneously the Ocean Master attack service world, while also introducing Aquaman as a concept, and then also bringing him into the Justice League. So that's a lot to accomplish in 72 minutes. I mean, that's an, <laughs> <laughs> that's an extraordinary amount of plot to jam into a, a very brief movie. Um, overall... Uh I gave this a positive review on the shrine because I much like with Fantastic Four, I went into this with very low expectations. Uh because basically all of these DC animated movies that they've done to date, I've not liked any of
0: them. Whoa, 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 whoa. Be okay. careful. That's not true. The 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 I mean we we love New Frontier.
1: Okay, that's yeah. not I d I don't count that as this but, I'm
0: talking about these you mean the new, new wave? No pun intended. Yeah. The new wave of DC animated films, which have been like the the New Fifty Two kind of stuff.
1: The Crisis on Earth Two, whatever the one they did, the Earth, the one they did with Earth Three. Whatever. Oh, you didn't like that one? No. Okay. I, I, Crisis I, on Two Earths. Crisis on Two Earths. I'm just not a big fan of these animated movies. I didn't like the Dark Knight one, um, so I, I kind of going into this was like, okay, these I these things to me are neither, no pun intended. Neither fish nor fowl. Uh, <laughs> they are they are too adult for little kids, uh, as you discovered, yeah. watching yes, it with your daughter. Yes, I did. but to me they are too juvenile for adults. So uh, I I kind of look at it like, um, you know, this is a movie that it's kind of aimed at kids because it's it's animated. It's an animated superhero adventure, but yet it's got curse words in it and some pretty graphic violence. Yeah. So to me, I never know where these fa- – I'm clearly not the audience for this. So I kind of go into these with like, okay, I'm not expecting much. So going into that lowered expectation, I kind of like was pleasantly surprised because I knew it was going to f- be so much about Aquaman. Aquaman Aquaman has been so stiffed in these movies. <laughs> um, I mean, think about it. He has literally – he's been – he was in the Earth-3 one for about yep. one scene with firestorm with firestorm he was not in justice league war at all he was in even in new frontier although that was based on the book he was in that for one scene so he's this is his biggest moment and so on the on the shrine i said regardless of how you feel about it you should go out and buy it because buying it is the only language warner brothers is going to understand Mm. if this thing flops they're never going to give aquaman another chance if a batman animated movie flops Warner's just shrugs its shoulders and moves on to the next one because he's Batman, you know. They're never going to say, "Oh, that one didn't, didn't work." Well, Batman must not be popular anymore. No, <laughs> they're just going to keep making them. But Aquaman really doesn't get that many chances. So I looked at it as even if you didn't think it was all that great, go out and get it. Um, so that's now when that's when I wrote when I wrote that review. I watched it one time. I've since watched it twice more between then and now. Uh, and I liked it a lot more when I watched it again. Um, I liked uh, a lot of the Aquaman sort of bells and bustles and some jokes that screenwriter Heath Corson worked in. Uh, there's a nod to
0: Batman, the Brave, uh, Batman <laughs> the Brave and the Bold, which I liked. It's more than a nod; it's like a single sig- signal flare. Yeah, <laughs> it's
1: um, there's a great moment with with Black Manta, which I enjoyed, which is taken right from the Jim Lee that thing of the shark jumping out of the water and eating something. I like that a lot. <laughs> Um, I like Aquaman's remedy for fixing his hangover, which is to dunk his head in a fish tank. Uh, I like him having a conversation with the lobster at the bar that he wants to save the life. So, um,
0: what? So. Uh, that's yeah. That's a what moment. <laughs> but I'm trying to be respectful because apparently every time I interrupt you, you get pissy.
1: No, no, never mind.
0: Well, for that, then I'm going to interrupt you since you took a breath. A minute ago you said if people <laughs> see, A minute ago you said if people don't buy this, they're not going to give Aquaman another chance. Except for a live action movie that's in pre production,
1: that is true. That okay. is true. But I think that. But those are two different tracks, though.
0: Yes, they are. Those
1: are two different tracks. I'm talking about animated. You're never going to see another animated. This this thing made me want to see a full fledged Aquaman animated movie that did not because he loses a lot of his best moments from the Throne of Atlantis series comics to other characters in this uh, because and I knew he was going to have to. Because the name of the movie is Justice League Throne of Atlantis, not Aquaman Throne of Atlantis. So they were going to have to give stuff to some of the other characters. And that was a lot of the negative reviews for this. And that's been like their main sticking point. It's like, well, why does Superman get to do this when in the comic Aquaman did it? Because they need to give the other characters stuff to do. Mm -hmm. They're not going to just have Aquaman do everything. Because that's not what sells it. And so to me the next logical step would be a solo Aquaman animated movie. And the only way you're gonna to get to that is if this sells really well. So, you know, I kinda of look at it like I, if you're a Superman if you're a Superman fan and you heard bad things about Superman Doomsday or Superman versus the Elite or Superman versus the PTA or whatever the hell other movie they're doing. I remember you,
0: that one quite well.
1: Yeah. If you heard one of them was bad, I could see you saying, you know what, I'm not gonna pick that one up. Because nobody's gonna know the difference. But it's like, Aquaman fans, have, when was the last time Aquaman had his own animated feature? 1968? So I think you can shell out the 15 bucks it costs to buy this DVD. <laughs> I'm sort of saying, even if you don't like it, take one for the team. That's sort of what I'm saying. Um,
0: I paid for a digital rental. Is that good? Or do I still I, need to go it, out and buy it, it?
1: Yeah, it counts. No, no, no. Okay. It counts. It's, okay. it's, it's, it's you know. Um, like I said, I guess I, I'm trying to, I don't know one of the things that happened again on the shrine is that i got taken to task a little for being a little i guess too positive about it for some fans really really didn't like this movie and they thought the shrine was being a little too cutesy by by not being negative and my attitude is you know and especially the screenwriter Heath Corson, who i met uh when i was out in california and was a really great guy and has been very nice to me since um he took a lot of heat from a lot of people saying the script is terrible and this and that and I tried to point this out in the comments was that a lot of people are assuming that, uh, Heath, uh, wrote the script, right? Sent the file to the animators and said, just make this. I'll see you guys at the premiere. (laughs) You know, and it's not how these things work. There are 10,000 different corporate cronies poking and prodding at this thing. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if they handed him a structure and said, this is what we want. You just write the dialogue.
0: He probably did.
1: Right? So I wasn't ready to on the shrine and I'm not ready to do now blame Heath or any one individual creative person for saying this isn't good because I know there are so many people involved that you can't pin something down to one person and say this is, you know, this is his fault. This is their fault.
0: Well, I'll take the task the even people coming out and saying having a fit saying this wasn't good because it wasn't terrible. It was quite enjoyable. Now, is it exactly the Aquaman movie I want to see? Probably not, but it wasn't. It was a very entertaining seventy-two minutes, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I think someone's kind of wrongheaded for saying it was terrible. I mean, if you're looking for a die-hard shot-for-shot remake of Aquaman: Throne of Atlantis, that's that's probably asking for too much.
1: I think by naming it that they set themselves up for a little bit of failure there because people are assuming that it's an adaptation of the comics because you're taking the name right from the books.
0: It was. What? It was an adaptation. Not, well, not really. Yeah, the spirit of the thing is that Atlantis. there's subterfuge between Atlantis and the surface world. Right, but- Orm's doing some dirty dealings. Well, I guess Orm didn't do dirty dealings in the comic. But there's some dirty dealings going on. Atlantis is tricked into attacking the surface world. The Justice League, side by side with Aquaman, fight it off. I mean, it was all.
1: Right, but this is also the introduction of him to the team, and he's the new guy. It's It's not. Sure. He's part of the team already. I mean, Tula is essentially. Mira is essentially Tula here in this story. Yes, that's true. Uh, And this is the. Again, this is a lot to do in 72 minutes. The yeah. Aquaman, oh, yeah. Aquaman's origin. He meets Mira, He becomes Aquaman. He meets the Justice League. Plus Orm. Plus I mean, it was a lot. You know, a lot of stuff to do. Um, like I said, I think I said I just went into this with not a whole lot of expectations, and I came out of it like, okay, that was that was better than I thought it was. But I just went into it not expecting a whole lot, but I was still really happy that Aquaman is front and center, and I want to see that more. It was all every time the Justice League sort of came into the picture during the second half. Mm-hmm. I was, I was like, g- 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 with, no, go back to Aquaman. You know? <laughs> you know, I was like Batman with his little, you know, Batman being pissy at everybody and Cyborg and all that stuff. I just kept wanting to go back to Aquaman and Mirror. And, you know, they do the voo 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 thing and the final shot is of Aquaman. I loved the stuff over the end credits, which were like sort of stills from the movie. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a nice touch. So there there was a lot to, like I said, I thought there was a lot, a lot to like. Um, and like I said, it, my opinion of it has grown in the two weeks since I've seen it.
0: Well, it was to be fair; it was named Justice League: Turn of Atlantis. Well, that's
1: Atlantis. right, exactly, and so. that was the point I'm trying to make to people: was that it wasn't going to be. You, it was, you know, it was yeah. it was a simultaneous like naming it that you're setting yourselves up for failure, but at the same time, you have to realize it wasn't going to be a direct adaptation because, you know, it's a different format and everything else like that. So, uh, you
0: I- know. I, I'm I've got a lot to say still. Um, just waiting for you to take a breath. Um, I, I'm I'm of two minds in a lot of ways. Like in a, as I said a minute ago, it was very enjoyable. It was a great 72 minutes. Had a lot of fun with it. Um, I would recommend it to. I, I would the you were talking about difficult to sort of nail down the age for this. I think the age group for this is like 14 to 16 years old.
1: That's probably right. Yeah.
0: Because there's a touch there's two curse words. They drop the they s bomb. I guess you could say. Um which I was not prepared for with my eight-year-old daughter in the room. Um, not that it's like a crime. She's probably heard it once or twice in her life around me, just mm-hmm. saying by accident, so it wasn't a shock to her. Um, but, it, you know, but the violence was pretty graphic. It actually scared her at one point. She's like, Daddy, I don't want to watch this. I'm like, honey, it's going to be okay. Um,
1: yeah, you see a trench's head get cut off.
0: Uh, it was actually in the submarine attack when blood was splattering on the wall. Oh, walls. that okay, yeah. That freaked her out. So, now all right. So I've got a list of just stuff. So it's a, I don't really have an order here. It's just kind of stuff I jotted down. But uh, this is—I did not see what was a war. Is that what she said it was called? Yeah, it does like war. Yeah. So this is my first introduction as well to this this Je- Justice League, you know, incarnation. However, it's very very similar to the New Fifty Two. So it's you know you can pretty much figure out what's going on if you read the New Fifty Two comics. I thought it was very interesting. The Superman even though he's got his New 52 costume, his S is the classic S. Hmm, it is not the New 52 S. Makes me wonder if, if this is one of their biggest marketing pieces featuring New 52 stuff, and yet they're using the classic Superman S, are they going to slide backwards on that one someday? Um, I did not like Aquaman fighting to save the lobster's life. Uh, that really actually bothered me. I just felt like, really? That's how we're going to introduce Aquaman? talking to a lobster, and then in a bar fight to save the lobster's life, I just felt like it was going to reinforce the stereotypes of people who don't like Aquaman is what I was afraid of. Mm. Now, by the end, he's a total badass, so that's fine.
1: Right, he takes on a whole room full of guys.
0: Yeah, but it's like, still, it's just like, oh, that's not the way you introduce the character. So, I don't know. Maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't. Uh, As far as... um, Okay, wait, hold on. The tidal wave that was coming to Crash Against Metropolis... And then it just went away? That really stuck in my craw. Because in the comics, the tidal wave crashes into Metropolis. I mean, it's stunning. it's, go- it's I hate to say gorgeous because it's a horrible thing that happens. But it was an amazingly drawn thing. I mean, am I right in saying the tidal wave crashed into the city, right? Yes. Yeah. And so here the tidal wave's coming. And then it just parts like the Red Sea and fizzles out. And Orm's army comes walking in. So it's, what what was the purpose of the tidal wave to start with then? Hmm. It just from a plot point of view, it's it's almost like they were working towards something and then got nervous about using a tsunami because of real-life implications and backed off is almost what it felt like. But that that part stuck with me pretty harsh. Um, Nathan, I feel like in the voice acting department, there were certain people I enjoyed as the voice actors, certain people I didn't even notice as voice, voice actors. The, the Batman voice actor doesn't really do much for me.
1: Yeah, um, I'm not a big fan of his. He's doing his Christian Bale thing.
0: It it didn't. I mean, I don't mind the Christian Bale stuff, but I just didn't feel like this worked. In a lot of scenes, it felt like uh, these people probably recorded their lines separately, and then they were spliced together. Because a lot of times, it just felt like people were saying stuff rather than having a conversation. It's I, I just I do I do a lot of audio stuff I listen to and there's a natural flow of a conversation and then there's just people reading lines independently that are being spliced together and it just sounds like someone's saying a line. I heard I heard a lot of that. Like especially with like Billy Batson stuff. Any scenes with him or cyborg just sounded like they weren't in the room with someone else. Now, Nathan Fillion stole the show. As far as not only his 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 humorous lines, but his delivery was just awesome. I mean, he's he's such an amazing voice actor as Green Lantern. I mean, I'm I'm in love with this version of Hal. I think he's hilarious. I wouldn't want to read a comic about this version of Hal because he's such an ass, but I enjoy him in a team book. Very you know team thing setting. Enjoyed him quite a bit. Um, now the, the big thing for me probably, and this is, uh, you know, people get hung up on the adaptation. I just said a second ago it was an adaptation. So I'm totally talking out of two sides of my mouth here. The one thing that probably bothers me the most is the change in, uh, and sorry, this is, I'm giving, I guess this is a pretty big spoiler, I don't know, but um, Volko is not in this animated story. And if you've read Throne of Atlantis, which I'm assuming you have, and if you haven't, sorry, close your ears real quick, Volko is the man who causes the war, basically, in the comic. You You remember that? Volko was the one who fired the missiles at Atlantis, which caused a war between... The surface and the, uh, the, the and that painted Orm as a picture of even though he was doing something terrible by attacking the surface, he felt justified. You know, he felt like he was doing the right thing for his people. It was almost a Namor kind of moment with with Orm, really. Whereas here, Orm's just down and dirty evil.
1: Yeah, he's a snarling bad guy. In
0: yeah, and I kind of like um, Orm painted in more of the trying to do the right thing for his people role. You know, I, felt like, I feel like there's a little bit of a deeper sort of political statement there. You know, we're kind of telling you war happens not always for the right reasons, but sometimes it just does, when, even when everybody on every side is trying to do the right thing. So I, I miss that piece of the story. But otherwise, it's, you know, that, that's, I guess it's a nitpick, but it's just one thing. No, I, I,
1: I see that. No, I, I think that makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah. So so all of that said, um, love, love, love the last shot of Aquaman with his army. You know, mm-hmm. whereas the the trencher, I, I liked the I liked the way they used the trench. Actually, I thought that was clever. You you didn't need to hear all the trench backstory; they were just there. You know, yeah. Um, they go to fight the trenchers. Uh, he's got you know his army of fish behind him, which was pretty cool. I didn't like him spinning the trident. It's not a it's not like a bow staff or something. <laughs> but um, you know, I, I I dug that. I thought that was pretty damn cool. So, I I enjoyed that part. So, all in all, I enjoyed it. Uh, my, da- my eight-year-old daughter has watched the first like thirty, forty minutes of it. I'm not sure if I'll let her finish it or not. It kind of depends on her interest. She was uh, very she she gets really attached to female role models, so she was really excited about Wonder Woman. She was really excited about Mera, so um, you know, I may I may let her finish it. We'll just see.
1: Mira does quite well in this. I think they I think they give Mira quite a good bit to do. I, I think she they did I think she quits herself quite
0: well. The character in, the, in this. It's funny, you know, I started explaining to my daughter about Mara. <clears throat> I was like, yeah, well, um, you know, Aquaman, there's a girl. I was telling her beforehand. There's a girl, and her name's Mara. She goes, I know who Mara is, Daddy. I'm like, really? She goes, yeah, she's Aquaman's wife. I'm like, there you go. All right. I'm like, How do you know that? She's like, Justice League. I'm like, you rock. Hmm. And then I was telling her about the powers and everything. She's like, Daddy, what's Mara's powers when we were watching the show? And I start telling her. She's like, no, Daddy, that's Aquaman's powers because I'm telling her she can control water and stuff like that. She's like, no, Daddy, that's Aquaman's powers. I'm like, no, Aquaman can't control water. Yes, he can, Daddy. I'm like, um, where did you see that then? She goes, in her brother's um, Injustice Kart, uh video game. I guess Ah, it's water powers or something. And so I'm like, oh, wow. Well, they gave him to him for the video game, honey, but not in the (laughs) comics. She's like, oh, okay. (laughs) So she's having to cope with alternate reality versions of characters and interpretations. And that was kind of fun to to point out to her that the Flash in this cartoon is supposed to essentially be the same Flash that's on the Flash TV series. I'm like, that's Barry. She's like, oh. So she liked that. So that's it.
1: That's Throne of Atlantis. Yes. Actually, go go out and buy it. Absolutely.
0: And if you don't want to buy it, what I did was I got it off Amazon, um, digital rental, cost me five bucks, and I have it apparently rented for the month.
1: Wow, that's a geez, pretty, a month. That's a good I didn't deal.
0: I didn't know that. It said it expired. You know, m- maybe I have a certain number of views. I don't know, but it just said it ex- didn't expire for a month. That's a good deal. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, we want to take a little bit of time also talking about the Flash TV series and what's going on with Firestorm. He, we, we still don't have a full on Firestorm appearance yet, as of this recording. But it is right around the corner, so I thought we'd take a few moments to touch on some of the stuff that has come to light because as I joked around I mean, it just seems like stuff just keeps like every tuesday night i, I got I gotta be ready to to watch the show, which we do as a family anyway, which is kind of fun like it 's the only show me and my family watch together um, when it 's being aired live so it 's kind of cool we all get in the family and we watch it together, but then the fallout is I should be helping with the dishes and tucking my daughter in, but instead my, I'm on Twitter and everyone's tweeting me, and I'm on Facebook and everyone's like, "Shag, what would you think of this? And what would you think of this?" And I'm like, "It's great. Gotta go tuck my daughter in instead." And you know, so anyway, <laughs> I got to plan my Tuesday nights better. So uh, we we learned a couple of episodes ago that "Firestorm," uh, the word Ronnie whispered to Caitlin, uh, that we just we weren't sure of the meaning of it, but it turns out that they just is an acronym. <laughs> Wait, buckle in, folks, if you didn't see the episode. Are you ready for this? Firestorm stands for Fusion Ignition Research Experiment and Science of Transmutation Originating RNA and Molecular Structures. (laughs) How I said that without busting a gut laughing, I don't know.
1: (sighs) More periods than a sorority. Oh
0: my god, and I get called the sexist one. Anyway, so... um, (laughs) lot to be said about this acronym. First of all, clearly somebody at Warner Brothers was working very CW is working very hard. Very, very, very hard to make that acronym work. They put, uh, they
1: put one guy in a room for like a month. And they're like, just figure out a, an acronym that can spell out firestorm.
0: And put transmutation in there. <laughs> I just hope that they didn't pay the guy by the hour, considering how long it probably took him to come up with it. Now, uh, the, yes, they did put transmutation in there. And, in fact, they talk about um, the, this, this acronym, the project, was about trying to figure out how to transmute one object into another. And if you have put two and seven together to get four, you are correct. <laughs> this is the beginning of Firestorm's transmutation powers. I can't believe I really didn't – every time – I've said it so many times on this show, but every time I think I have figured out where they're going, and I'm like, okay, well, this is where they're going to deviate from the comic they just keep barreling <laughs> forward more towards the comic. I'm like, really? Oh my gosh! And I mean, I, I shouldn't be upset. Or I'm not upset, but I, I sh- I'm i just shocked. I just keep expecting Firestorm on TV to be nothing like Firestorm, but he keeps moving closer, inching closer and closer, even though there's some serious deviations. But it's it just like, wow! They're, they've done flight, they've done, you know, um, they're gonna do transmutation, they've done energy blast. He's actually... You know, if he walks through walls or something, I'm going to lose my mind. I mean, he's, he's pretty – he's getting closer all the time. So this project, Firestorm – oh, by the way, with that acronym, it is plural. It's Firestorms. I mean, it's only listed as Firestorm, but the last word is structures. Um, either they just couldn't end it right or um, they, they're thinking maybe it could be plural. I don't know which. You know, they didn't list it plural, but I'm saying that the last word starts with an S. Anyway. Turns out this Firestorm project was headed up by one Professor Martin Stein. And he was mentioned in a previous episode as being the head of the project. He was mentioned by a young college student who goes to Hudson uh, University by the name of Jason Rush. Jason Rush used to work on this project with Professor Martin Stein. Hopefully you match heads. if you haven't watched The Flash Uh, Or if you did and you're hearing all this, it's just giving you that special tingly feeling that you're not sure how to explain except in gym class. So it's – Professor Stein worked on this Firestorm project, worked on the transmutation stuff until General Eiling, who's played by the Kurgan, showed up and took all of his research. That's his name.
1: Is the Kurgan.
0: It is. That is is actually – yeah. The John Clancy thing, that's just an alias. His real name is the Kurgan. It's the Kurgan, so no middle name. So he um, he took all the research, and then Stein disappeared. Now Jason thinks that Stein was just you know whisked away by the government. However, I'm pretty sure that's not what happened, uh, I, and I'll get to that in just a second. What else have we seen? Oh, Doctor Caitlin Snow, played by the lovely Daniel Panabaker was kidnapped by Captain Cold. I did sort of expect maybe some hints of cold powers, because, you know, Caitlin Snow is bound to eventually become uh, Killer Frost in some way, shape, or form. I did sort of expect some sort of cold transference to occur there, like, to start us on that path, but nothing happened. So, we don't, you know, no no, no developments there yet. Uh, Now, uh, well, that's what we've seen so far. Why don't you tell me what you know, what you think of that so far, and then I'll get into the stuff that we know is coming down the road.
1: Uh, what do you, What do you mean? What well, have you questions?
0: been watching The Flash?
1: No. What?
0: <laughs> you like that? I did that on purpose. That's, really? Yeah. Oh man, it's a great show. It's I, so
1: you much know, fun. I I the ones I've seen, I have enjoyed, but for some reason, it just does not. You know what it is? I'll be honest with you. I really think that I am. Completely, completely done with watching television when it airs. Like, okay, I, I, I can't. I don't think I, don't think there's a single television show that I watch when it airs anymore.
0: But you can't do on demand or something. I can do it,
1: Uh but uh, there's. It's a combo of that Tuesdays at you know whenever. What's Tuesdays at nine? Is that eight. when it's on? Is eight okay? Because uh, you know I should know that because my Facebook page explodes at one minute <laughs> after it. Um, Yeah, I I don't know. I watch it. I like it. But for some reason, it does not drive me to watch the next one. I don't know why. I will watch. I will definitely tune in when Mark Hamill comes back.
0: I was just going to say, if you were to compare this to the John Wesley Ship Flash show, which you did watch religiously (laughs) with all your buddies at Cuba School. Right.
1: But that was in 1990 when that stuff was a lot more rare.
0: So that's. Okay. Yeah. Right after the 89 Batman movie. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it wasn't that rare at that time. Yes, it
1: was. Superhero TV shows were were very rare in nineteen.
0: Okay, TV shows, yes. Okay, and fair movies
1: enough. too. There was really just Batman. That was it. Not there wasn't five movies a year.
0: All right, all right. Well, I would just say if you would compare this to the John Wesley, Sh- Wesley Ship show, I think it's fair to say this is much more engaging and entertaining and fulfilling.
1: This is a much better show. I don't think there's yes. any doubt
0: about that. Yeah, that's no. That's, I mean, not, that's, a that's not, no, the, not a knock the, against the No, 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 that Bush that, Bush that, that ninety series had a lot of clunkers in it. There was there were some really bad episodes. Oh, you're you are making some people hate you right now. That's Bailey, true. Is writing, Bailey is writing Bailey's writing some hate mail to you right now. Wait, did
1: not I'm talking about the nineteen ninety show.
0: I know. He's right he loves that show. He loves that too? Oh my gosh. With the passion of a bright burning star. Okay. So. Well, there
1: were some real clunkers. The jazz episode, everyone remembers that that awful jazz episode. You know what I'm talking about. But yet, the ones with the trickster were great. In fact, they were so yeah. great that's why they're bringing Mark Hamill back. Like I said, I don't. I, I'm not at all saying it was. It's a this current show is is a bad show. It just doesn't drive me to watch it again. I don't. I don't know why. I just don't.
0: Okay. Fair enough. By the way, I gotta mention the the, the Firestorm acronym. After, um, oh man, I had this saved so I could bring it up on the show. Shoot, oh here it is. After I put that up there on Facebook, uh, an old buddy of mine named Stephen Marsh. Uh, he, he put up there because now we unleash the horror of Crisis on Infinite Earths, which of course stands for <laughs> cosmic radioactive interstellar impossible situation <laughs> offloading negative ionizing, ne, ne, what is that? Negational fluctuating interference nullifying intercosmic textual experience <laughs> exponentially as radiation threatens the holistic singularity.
1: Well done. <laughs>
0: Oh my gosh! Well so done. People have had a lot of fun with the fact that a firestorm is an acronym. It's uh, it's gotten some mileage. Oh, check this out. So uh, you've heard of the Nerdist, right? The show. The Nerdist. No, it's a. Well, I mean, maybe there is a show. I don't know, but it's a network. It's uh, yeah.
1: Well, the podcast is the thing. The Chris Hardwick
0: yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah, Chris sure. Hardwick. Right. What's well, it's also a major website. I mean, that's kind of the hub is their website, the Nerdist. Okay. Anyway, um, someone wrote an article on there. And uh, they le- it was basically like, here's a way to celebrate your Firestorm love. And it was all sort of, it wasn't tongue-in-cheek, but it was all fun. Like they had Tom Zoller's picture of Firestorm with a, with a mustache from Park and Rec, the guy with the mustache. Ron, whatever his name Ron is. Ron Swanson. Park. Yeah. They had uh, a Firestorm birthday cake. They had a Firestorm shirt you could get off Zazzle for your dog. You know, it was a, a lady who had painted her, fir- her fingernails. And anyway, it was all a lot of fun. Uh, most of the images I'm pretty sure were actually taken from my site uh, because they're all Firestorm related and I posted them all up there and I could tell a couple like ones I had done some Photoshop touching up on and like, oh, that's my touch up on that shot. But um, but she was she she was great at crediting her sources. She did a really good job. In fact, I got credited uh, as, as well as Tom and a couple other folks. So it was just kind of cool. I was like, oh my gosh, Firestorm fans on Nerdist. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. How cool. So... Um, All right, so since Rob doesn't watch Flash, uh, I can give all these spoilers. Here's stuff coming down the pike, folks. If you don't want to know what's coming, stop listening now. Um, Nothing in here is going to be terribly shocking, but it is talking about the future. So if you don't want to know, turn off the show. Come back next week. Nice talking to you. Bye, Aaron. Okay, anyway, um, we have seen what it appears to be the Firestorm costume. Uh, we, we've seen a couple different versions of it which did get a bit of an uproar because it looked like basically a guy in an old navy sweater with a metal harness on did we already <laughs> talk about this? I feel like we've talked about this already we have did we? a little bit, yeah Oh, okay. So, but since then we have seen additional pictures of Robbie Amell wearing a black sort of peacoat almost, with the harness on there, and the harness essentially is just representing Firestorm's atomic symbol on his chest, you know, one, a big red light and three little lights off to the side so we've seen that, that should come into play very soon um, so gotta, I want to make a comment, I, I, there's a description out there about Professor Martin Stein and they've described Professor Martin Stein as an arrogant scientist and this sort of got a lot of the match heads got their, their panties in a wad they didn't like Stein being called arrogant and stuff like that. well for the most part Stein was not arrogant in the Firestorm series, I mean I don't think you've seen any evidence of Martin being arrogant in the, in the run we're covering right now have you?
1: No, certainly not. He's very level-headed. In fact, he's been beaten down a little bit in the issues we've been covering, working at the fast food place and stuff.
0: That's very true. I mean, he's, his whole life is sort of like that in, in the Firestorm series. However, when we first meet him, he is committing an act of extreme arrogance and hubris. In the very first appearance of Firestorm, Firestorm number 1 from 1978 or 77 really, he is he his nuclear reactor he has designed himself has been shut down by the Nuclear Trade Commission or whatever they're called uh, for safe, potential safety hazards and also to question whether uh, Dan, whether Stein stole the plans from Danton Black or not. Danton was pulling a scam. But anyway, Stein took it upon himself to activate a nuclear power plant in the middle of the night all by himself just to prove a point. Because one guy can do that. <laughs> right. Well, that, it was a fully automated power plant. That was the whole thing. It was, it was sort of their response to Three Mile Island. We can build a fully automated, 100% safe plant that can be run by one person. Was kind of <laughs> what they were trying to say. And so Stein took it upon himself to do this. How, what an incredibly arrogant thing to do. So I think the description of Stein as being arrogant initially is kind of works. You know. And also you think about all the times he's pissed off at Ronnie when they merge. He's always yelling at Ronnie. You know, and the implication that Stein's saying is basically his time is more important than Ronnie's. So it, it works. So I'm, I'm okay with that description of Stein. And, and I can see Victor Garber pulling that off to some extent. We've seen some pictures of Professor Stein now and he, Victor Garber is Stein, he's wearing burnt clothes and he's standing in what appears to be a rock quarry that Dr. Who set. So the, the question is, is he actually, is that where Professor Stein is at some point after being firestormed because of the burnt clothing? Or is that maybe just a mental like construct, a mental landscape? Like maybe that's inside the firestorm matrix and that's how it's portrayed as him being in a rock quarry i don't know a lot of speculation on that but we have seen it and it's awesome victor garber is wearing the trademark thick black rimmed martin stein glasses which make me so happy i mean like it's just it's it's stupid little things that make me so excited when i saw him in those glasses i mean i didn't tear up but i might as well have i mean that's how emotional i was Stein's my favorite guy in the whole thing. And seeing him wear those goofy, thick glasses, I was like, oh, it's, it, it really is Martin Stein. Oh. I was so happy. The level of detail that they're bringing to Firestorm is pretty remarkable. You know, I've heard a lot of people comment, too, like, they, it's extremely uncommon to have this much buildup for a character that's not really that critical to the story. Like, he's not part of the Flash mythos. Now, they have tied him to Caitlyn Snow, who's an important supporting character in the story. But, it, it, you know, if, if they put this much effort into bringing in Wally West, I would totally get it. But putting this much effort into bringing in Firestorm? You know, they must really have a lot of faith in this character, or, or something. Or maybe it's Robbie Amell that they just have faith in. I don't know what it is, but man. Yeah, even my wife is like, they're taking a long... They're really dragging this out, I think is what she said. So... Um, So, folks, mark your calendar for February 10th. That is episode 13 of the Flash TV series, and the title of the episode is The Nuclear Man. Wow. So there you go. This is the big one. This is the one we've all been waiting for. So, uh, ironically enough, February 10th, I will be on a business trip out of town exactly six or seven hours away the meeting ends at 1 o'clock. I have exactly seven hours if I don't stop to pee or get gas to get home to see The Flash as it airs. (laughs) Because I can guarantee my Twitter and my Facebook will explode after that one. So, uh, everyone wish me luck. So, in interviews and this is more spoilers, in interviews uh, between Robbie Mel and Victor Garber, they have stated that Professor Stein and Ronnie Raymond are currently fused. So, the Ronnie Raymond we've seen so far... And there was some question about whether he was already fused with Martin Stein or not. He is. They've been fused, as, as the story picks up, I guess probably in episode 12 or 13, they've been fused together for a year. Wow. And it's sort of driven Ronnie nuts. Uh, because there's voices in his head and they're arguing all the time. And by this point, Ronnie and the professor are kind of sick of each other. So they, apparently they've been, the actors have had to do a lot of bickering uh, or they're going to one or the other. So the characters just are, have had enough. They also acknowledge that they will separate. So you, they will, Firestorm, Ronnie, and Professor will separate into two separate beings, and there's some dramatic thing that forces them to come back together, and they have a, this is, I'm paraphrasing here, but they seem to have a lot of severe reservations about reforming Firestorm. So, that's what we know. That's what I got. Mm. It's uh, not a ton of spoilers, but it is stuff that people may not want to know. You know, because that 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 like for that that's one been the big question has been you know is is Stein or is Stein and Ronnie already merged? A lot of people wondering that one, and you know now we have our answer thanks to you know interviews with the stars, which I don't know whether they were supposed to say those things or not, but they did. So,
1: have they established whether the Supergirl show is going to be part of this universe? I assume it is, right?
0: Um, have
1: they said you know, that though?
0: The, I don't have a definitive answer on that. I have heard, you know paraphrasing from other people that yes it is supposed to be part of the same universe however you, know, you get that problem where it's on CBS and these are both on CW right. and CW is actually owned by Warner Brothers so how are you going to do that I mean is it is it going to be a bionic man wonder uh, bionic woman crossover you know um, you like that you like that I just threw you a, a power records reference <laughs>
1: Uh, the reason I ask that is just because it seems like um, you mentioned about how much they're building up Firestorm, but there's been no mention of a Firestorm show. Right. So he's definitely could be a utility character that they could float from show to show if they wanted to. I can't see him in Arrow, uh, necessarily,
0: uh, but uh, I could because see... Him in, because him and Arrow look too similar?
1: <laughs> I, I just It just seems like the tone would be a little much to have a guy with that crazy powers in over an arrow, but you never know. But I could definitely see him working his way over to Supergirl.
0: That would be very interesting. I mean, I don't think there has been a cross-network crossover like that in a long time. No. I mean, it's, 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 it's happened. It's not just bionic man and bionic woman. I mean, there's been other stuff. That there's worked. been
1: some that were done as gags. Uh, I mean, actually, uh, Richard Belzer playing Detective Munch, uh, which is a character on homicide life on the street uh appeared on Fox's The X-Files. Really? Yeah, they did do that. And that That's was that, that was official. That was not like a gag. He was playing, mm-hmm. you know, he was credited and promoted. So they did that. and that wasn't, you know, that was about 10 15 years ago, so. Hmm.
0: They did. Do that. There's other ones I that I can't remember like um I think this one was ABC both, but the, for some reason we, when I think of TV shows crossing over, I always think of med star one and the fall guy because <laughs> how we got hurt on the set <laughs> when well, that one's on everybody's lips right i mean everyone's talking about that i was reading about that on the bathroom wall last week so whoa anyway all right folks well uh i think i think this one's time ty- time to put this one to bed rob <laughs> yeah, <it's> me too <laughs> old man kelly's got to get some sleep
1: that's right i got yes i have big 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 week coming up
0: oh really yes Good way or bad way?
1: Oh, we have some some. Uh, we have a, a client that I I've been trying for a year to land, and by the time you hear this, I well, will been in New York City. Whether we can trying to land them in person, so we'll see.
0: Oh, awesome! Well, we we all, we all wish you luck, sir. Thank you. You can pull it off. You know you can.
1: I'm gonna bring sure? some. I'm gonna bring some fire and water pins. That ought to close the deal.
0: I'd say, wear an Aquaman shirt underneath your clothes. <laughs> <That's all> right. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, Rob, what do you tell the, the kids at home where they can find you on the webs?
1: On net and various other places. Oh, I should mention, uh, I guess, plugging wise, that uh, I mentioned before that Haget's uh, hey Comics is available on Kindle, but I mentioned that, but it is now available as an audiobook. Whoa! Full on audiobook uh, read by read narrator Ross Landy, who did a great job doing all the stories. So you can purchase it on Audible, on iTunes, or on Amazon, and you can listen to a sample of uh, one of the, the section from Alan Brennert's chapter Mahalo Kaniki, um, uh, on on any of those pages. So so give it a listen. It's a lot of fun.
0: That's really cool. I didn't know that was in development. Awesome. Right. We've been working on it for the past six months. Cool. Is it still carrying the F and W Books label? Yes,
1: it is an F and W Books uh, product.
0: That makes me so happy. Thank you. Uh, so, folks, please do check out Hey Kids Comics. You also have a website for that, wasn't Hey Kids Comics? You can just go to the
1: blog Hey Kids Comics with an X that blogspot
0: There you go, perfect. You can find me at firestormfan.com You can also find me on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Google Plus, and Instagram. Um, you know, I should have mentioned we had a fun crossover today. Uh, me and uh, I think it's like 14 other blogs. It's called the Super Blog Team Up. And uh, it was uh, all about alternate realities and parallel worlds. Frank Diablo Frank was in there. Uh, actually, a few of our listeners. Floto Span was in there. Uh, Charlton Hero. Quite a few of the folks. So it was, it was a lot of fun to participate in. I appreciate they invited. Legion of Superbloggers, Ultraverse Network. Anyway, appreciate them uh, inviting us to join in on that. Thank you so much. Um, Rob, where can they find the Tumblr for this show?
1: Fireandwaterpodcast.tumblr.com. And the email is firewaterpodcast.comcast.net.
0: Perfect. If we remember, uh, we'll put something up on Tumblr about these two things. Um, operative term being if we remember, but uh, a little easier when it's like the Who's Who show. Seems it's more logical, but and, and in fact, I think we've got a Who's Who coming up, don't we? We do. Ooh, the 26th <laughs> episode. I. It's. It's not really the conclusion, but it's. It's the. The mid-season finale,
1: maybe. <laughs> I I mean, that's a good. Well, maybe not mid-season. I'd say this is the season finale. I think that's a But we're having a 27th episode. The, the next. I know. Month. We're not, We're going to keep going. I know.
0: So anyway, all right. Well, uh, thanks, folks. Be sure to check all those out and uh, keep listening and continue fanning the flame and riding the wave
1: and save the lobster. Ah. <laughs> uh, well,
0: firestorm, fighting crime together. Soak them down or burn them up. No one does it better. Whenever
1: you find trouble, they'll always be there to catch them in
0: a bubble or even torch their hair. Stand for truth and justice in sea or land.
1: Friends forever. Yeah.
0: He needs a code name.
1: Yeah? Well, online they're calling him Aquaman. Hate that. Aquaman it is.